Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello. How are you? I well, I I'm actually not on this planet today, I'll be completely honest with you. So, if I say anything stupid, yeah, I need to ask you how you are. I went out three nights in a row. Each of those occasions were particularly boozy. Oh. Um, and so today I feel pretty rubbish. Now, was this I'm to honest. celebrate the wedding of Paris Hilton, which also took place on Thursday, Friday, <laughs> yes. Saturday? Yes, exactly, like, yeah, exactly. For, I was celebrating her weddings, <laughs> <laughs> her many weddings. Um, if only, no, um, no. I, Did it you was have a good time? General. I had a great time, but I, I don't know. Do you get this? You get like the fear on a month. Like if, oh, yeah. if you've been out drinking, you get that like horrible anxiety what have I said what have I done but you know you haven't really said or done anything but you just have this weird I don't know unsettled feeling and it's I called regret myself, I'm yeah I'm never gonna drink again like this just doesn't suit me this isn't good and then come next weekend I'll have forgotten it all a bit like you know childbirth it's <laughs> exactly the same just less messy although in your case yeah. you don't know what you get up to on a Saturday night out yeah do you know what I I get like the Monday fear if I've had a big weekend and I sort of start mm. going through my head like right that's it I'm not going to drink again and, and then I start uh, like Dozer always goes don't over promise and under deliver it's what he says to me all I'm like right that's it I'm never drinking again and he goes don't over promise and under deliver um and he's like you're just feeling the fear like two or three days later but actually we had quite a wholesome weekend this weekend and actually I wasn't particularly well on Saturday night I had like really bad menopause symptoms that they were like raging and um like terrible headaches and night sweats and just felt really really rotten on Sunday so I actually didn't go to work for the first time in I can't remember how oh, long. No. Yeah, I just oh, I just couldn't you. face it. And I was really teary, really emotional. It was just quite a lot. It was quite a lot on Sunday morning. But I had a really wholesome day with the kids and lots of like kind of 
country walks and fresh air and stuff and I feel a lot better today can we just talk about your dress thank you where do you get it from it's from needle and thread it was an investment I am going to put it on these higher sites um so if anyone liked it then I'll send you the link and you can hire it yeah um but I felt so comfortable in it like it was just a really easy dress to wear you know sometimes if you've got a big you know a wedding to go to and you you have a dress that you've got to hoik up or the straps are falling off or or, you know, anything like that. This just felt so nice. I felt so comfortable and I just loved it. Well so, done. I was pleased I made the investment. And also getting your makeup done at the Charlotte Tilbury counter in town. You really went full foot. I hope, I yeah. Hope, like James I gave you a little spin around and was like proud of you and then gave you a little scene too when you got home. In fact, don't answer that. Don't answer That's too much oh information. A scene too. Why do you have to use what language like that? Oh, God. God, that makes me cringe oh. as well. Sorry. I'm like a 58 year old man called Bob, aren't you I? Are. Sorry. Yes. Good scene. I gave her a good, good scene too. too. Oh yuck! Um, Yeah, no, we had a really fun weekend. It was it was needed, but next weekend I'm going to have a wholesome one. Wholesome, no more, no more drinking. I'm just excited because it's my birthday this week. Yay! Yay. Thirty nine. When this episode goes out, it will be your birthday. So anyone listening. Yeah. Sends her a happy birthday message. Well, and are you, you do you know what? You're one of the people who shares all the birthday messages, aren't you, on Instagram? Oh, is it really annoying when people do that? <laughs> I, I look back yes. at other ones, I go, yes, okay, we know it's your birthday. But then when it comes to my day, I just want everyone to know about it. Yeah, maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you being like, you didn't do a birthday post for me. And I'm like, no, Zoe, I can't. I can't do it. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I was really obviously not. hurt I and cried out of phone for ages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've tried it. It's not me. Okay, fine. So I I won't be doing that for you, but I will be actually, I'll be talking to you. I'll phone you and wish you a happy birthday. If anybody listening wants to do me a birthday post, that would be lovely. (laughs) Okay, now we've got Katie working for us. Maybe I'll get one. Um, (laughs) But I I am having a nice day because um, on my actual birthday, which is the 16th, um, I'm going over to Guildford to see my friend Jane. We're going for a birthday run, which you know is like my favourite thing to do. Um, And then we are going to go and have a brunch and then I'll after school we're going to have like fun times with our like we've got a couple of neighbors that live close, close by with the kids and have like a proper feast go out for some food oh, and then that on sounds lovely. the 17th I've got like a I've, I know I've got a surprise dinner because he let it slip the other day and I think we're going to <laughs> sexy fish oh my I've God, never that's been my favorite you, oh you have to have the donuts you've got to have the donuts for dessert okay. they are absolutely delicious oh, proper delicious I mean it's all delicious obviously you don't go there for donuts but you know yeah I was gonna say I thought it was Pan-Asian or like the donuts (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a great week well listen we need to stop gassing and we need to start getting into the podcast because um this conversation to be completely honest with you one of my all-time favorites because I felt like um the 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 woman that we were chatting to was so passionate about the subject and it was like lifting a lid on a subject that I really didn't know that much about. I still can't believe that corporations are doing this or have done this and continue to do this to women who are pregnant and then go maybe back after they've had the babies. All the discrimination that goes on within 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 corporations. I was shocked. I had my jaw to the ground. Did you? I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've sort of I, I've seen yeah. it firsthand. You know, I've experienced it, and I think until you do, and until you have a conversation um, like the guest actually actually says, sometimes you don't even realise it's happening to you because it's that subtle. And then when you put it all out, you think 
oh yeah you know that is why Um, and especially like corporations who love to talk about how flexible they are and how Mm. they support parents but actually they don't they're just being on a big front and actually as our guest said there isn't you know a direct way that we're going to fix this because so many of us are not allowed to talk about it um, and until we do and we can actually talk about these corporations and who they are how's anyone going to know to mm. avoid them mm. it's just it was such an interesting chat yeah and me and she's she's brilliant absolutely brilliant so let's get into it if you have ever experienced anything like this or you're going through it uh, or you think this is not going to happen to me and then it does this conversation is for you who are we chatting to today george today we are chatting to the wonderful jolie brearley from pregnant then screwed Just a quick note before we get into the chat, we're not trying to provide legal advice in this episode and there's some fantastic guidance available, which we'll link to in the show notes. Now, those of us listening to the podcast today, um, if you have had a baby and you've been in employment, you will know that amazing feeling when you see that little line or those little lines on the pregnancy test. You think, yes, I'm pregnant. And then you think, shit, what's going to happen at work? How am I going to tell my employers? How are they going to react? How are they going to feel? What are they going to say? And it's a weird fear that we have. I've had it. George has had it. Um, And then you meet somebody amazing and wonderful, like the person that we're chatting to on the podcast today, who knows all about that, who knows all about the system, who knows the intricacies of it, and is basically on hand, a bit like Batman, um, (laughs) without a cape. Not all superheroes wear cape. Uh, You will definitely be following her on Instagram, uh, pregnant then screwed. Uh, Today we are chatting to Jolie Brilly. Yes! She looks slightly confused throughout that whole intro, like I was <laughs> saying that she had a chicken on her head. But basically, we love you. We think what you're doing is amazing. What a compliment. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And could just for those who don't know your story, and I guess why you set up Pregnant Then Screwed, would you just want to give us like a bit of background? It all started... Back in 2013, when I was, I looked uh, a lot less tired and was a lot less saggy. And I was working for a children's charity in the Northeast. And I discovered I was pregnant. It wasn't planned, but we won't go into too much detail about that. I informed my employer that I was pregnant by email, said, look, I know it's going to cause some complications with the project that I'm working on, but don't worry, I've got a plan. Let's have a conversation the next day to talk it through. And the next day they called my phone. I couldn't answer because I was brushing my teeth and then listened to the voicemail afterwards. And they said, hi, Jolie, um, I'm sorry to say that we're going to have to pull your contract. So could you please hand everything over immediately? Give me a call back to confirm that you've received this message. So they sent me by voicemail, a children's charity, and it was very clearly because I was pregnant. I mean, everything had been going fine. I told them I was pregnant, and then the next day they just got rid of me. So I found myself four months pregnant, unemployed, had a had rent to pay, you know, food to put on the table, was going to be going on maternity leave in uh, five months and had no income. And I went to a routine doctor's appointment about a week later and they did a scan on me and they said, oh, we've 
just realized you've got a bit of a problem. Your cervix has almost vanished and you could go into labor at any point. And if you go into labor now, the baby will die. Right. So they rushed me into surgery and did this really delightful process where they tried to bolt my cervix together to keep the baby in place. And then when I was in the recovery room, the doctor came over and said, look, there's only about a 25% chance that that will work. So whatever you do, don't get stressed because it's stress that will bring on early onset labor. And, you know, obviously you've got to be really, really careful right now because even if it's, you know, six months or whatever, uh, the baby could have some serious you know, health issues as a result. Now, taking an employer to tribunal is probably the most stressful thing you can do. And you only have three months to raise a tribunal claim from the point the discrimination occurs. So I couldn't wait until Theo was born. I mean, he's a very healthy eight-year-old. He's fine. Oh, um, yay. <laughs> and then pick the case up afterwards. So I was literally left with the choice between accessing the justice I deserved or protecting the health of my unborn child and nobody wants to make that decision that's not a decision that I mean it's not even a choice is it you have to drop the case so I did and I found myself lying on a sofa watching daytime tv and out of nowhere I'd just lost everything within the space of a week I'd lost my job I'd lost my income I was reliant on my partner to pay my rent I was potentially going to lose the baby that I had. So I was just lying on a sofa, rubbing my belly, begging this baby to stay put, thinking I am suddenly useless. The only thing I'm good for is a vessel for this growing fetus, and I'm not even doing that very well. And that process Mm. just radicalized me. It completely changed the way I viewed the world and made me into an ardent feminist And once he was born and I started talking to other women about their experiences at work, I discovered that actually it was really common. This stuff is happening all the time and why didn't I know about it? And so I set up a a blog for people to tell their stories and that's where it all started. Wow. I mean, I, I feel already blown away by what you've just told us. We've only been chatting for five minutes. That's incredible. That is incredible. And also the fact that you... Um, when you came out the other side of it and you started to talk about it and discuss it, you started to talk to other women and suddenly you're in a club, aren't you? Because it's quite scary to admit that that has happened to you. And, yeah. it, and, and it's very brave to go up against the system. Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, you, the majority of women that I spoke to, just took, they sort of accepted it. Yeah. Mm. Because their, their situation wasn't as extreme as mine was. I think the fact that mine was so extreme made it very clear that it was discrimination, made me particularly furious. Not, the majority of women that I spoke to had had, had demotions or they'd been side yeah. or they'd faced bullying. And so it was much more, it was gaslighting. You know, it was much more subtle, this drip, drip feed of discrimination that they'd experienced. Whereas mine was one minute I was employed and everything was going brilliantly. The next minute I was thrown out of the door because I'd said I was pregnant. 
And yeah, so we women tend to just sort of accept it. We don't want to be troublemakers. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting what you say about almost the people you speak to. It's done in a lot more of a subtle way. And I think sometimes people don't even realise that it's happened to them until, like you say, they start talking about it and they're like, oh, actually, yeah, like my job role did change after I had a child and I don't have as much responsibility now, but they kind of packaged it up to look like they were doing me a favour, maybe. Um, And I think that's, I guess... That, that must happen a lot. So you went, you had, so you started the blog for people to share their stories. And then when did it move on to more of a, I guess, a service that people can use? Tell us mm. a little bit about that. It was never in the plan. I'd never planned to end up where we are now. I'd love to say that I had this really strategic future plan of how I was going to get to where I am, but I really didn't. I, so I set up this blog and it took ages for me to get anybody to put their story on there because they were terrified, the women who'd experienced yeah. discrimination, either had signed a non-disclosure agreement, the majority of women who take legal action sign an agreement that gags them so they cannot speak publicly. And if they're caught speaking publicly, they may have to repay the money that they've been given plus extra. Or they don't want to be identified because we all work in very small sectors where everybody knows each other. And if you're the one that's causing trouble, people are just not going to employ you. And so you're not going to get another job. It took about three or four months for me to convince 10 women to put their stories on the website. And then I was invited onto the Victoria Derbyshire show to talk about it. Oh, we love her. Oh, we love it. She is the queen of, was the queen of daytime TV. Sadly, cancelled, which I was devastated about. But um, as soon as I went on that, then the stories just started flooding in. And then the next stage was women were saying, can you help me? I'm in the middle of this and I I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is discrimination. I don't know who to talk to. And so I met an employment lawyer called Danielle Ayres, who I was living in Manchester at the time, and we went for a cup of tea and a slice of cake and we chatted about just the law, employment law. And I said, I don't suppose you'd help me set up a legal advice service or maybe talk to some of these women who are contacting Mm -hmm. me. And she said, yeah, sure. And so initially she was just doing them in the bath you know, in the night, she'd call a couple of women and talk through what was happening to them. And then, of course, it's just grown and grown and grown. And last year, we supported 5,300 women through the Free Legal Advice Service. So she's obviously not doing it in the bath anymore. We've got a proper system set up to handle. She's just taking calls while she's just putting the bubbles in one second. Hold on. 5,300 calls just in the evening. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's, It's yeah. yeah sorry, I was just gonna I was gonna ask you examples of what sort of discrimination are women going through. So can you give us kind of you know what what, what do you hear a lot of that that the, either the language or what happens to them in their job role or yeah, just just kind of give us an oversight of what that looks like. The ma- majority of women face bullying and harassment. That's the usual thing. That's how it starts. So they'll when say they're pregnant. Yeah, they'll yeah. say they're pregnant. And their personal development reviews will go from excellent to substandard in the blink of an eye. And nothing will have changed. Their performance hasn't changed, but their perception, the perception of their performance has changed. And then people start making snide comments, start pushing you out of meetings, taking clients off you. They'll stop giving you training. So it's very subtle. Oh. 
redundancy is very common because it's very hard to prove and the law around redundancy is very flimsy for pregnant women and for mm. women returning from maternity leave so um suddenly you're up for redundancy and so is Sarah who's also pregnant and so is Michelle who's just got back from maternity leave um and then at the more extreme end, it's just being pushed out or demoted. You know, lots of women say they come back from maternity leave and they want to keep the person that's been doing their maternity cover. And so they just put you in a completely different position that's rubbish and nothing to do with your job. So um, I'll give you some examples. I'll give you some examples. Yes. Yeah, give us some yes. examples. I mean, I've heard from at least, at least 100 women who told their boss that they were pregnant and their boss told them to have an abortion. <gasps> what? I've heard from I heard from a woman who oh uh, was her and the other women in the office would be made in a morning to sit together and they would have to do a shot of spirit, shot of vodka every morning to prove that they weren't pregnant and weren't planning on getting pregnant. Um Oh my good God. I heard from a woman who had been working for the same firm for five years. Uh she told her boss that she was pregnant she was bullied and harassed so viciously by her boss and her colleagues it was so nasty that she went into labor prematurely and when she was in the neonatal clinic with her baby who could have died her boss called her and made her redundant oh gosh oh my god yeah this, this is more of a subtle example but I think a really good example of what happens a lot so there was a woman who had been working for the same employer for six years she was doing really well a boss said you deserve a promotion uh it's you're going to get the job but you have to go through an interview process but it's just a formality you know don't worry about it before the interview she told her boss that she was pregnant she didn't get the job and when she asked her boss why, he said he had discussed things with his wife and they had dis- they had decided that her priorities would change. Oh, my goodness. Wow, so they make a decision on what your priorities would be and what your priorities wouldn't this be. Wouldn't He'd done be. that with his wife. Who was obviously nothing to do with the company, I'm guessing. And she obviously thought, well, she's going to be a mum, so she doesn't want all that pressure. And so said to him, I don't think you should give, give her the promotion. And you can sort of see that he meant well. He thought to himself, oh, this will be too much for her to take on right now. So I best not give her that promotion because I don't want to put too much pressure on her. But obviously, it's not his decision. No. That's really warped thought process. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes from one extreme. It goes from one extreme to another. We'll be right back after this short break. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? I've experienced you know two coming back from work twice after children and the first time um so we we obviously we were in contact a lot and I I mean maybe naively I thought I'll fill out a flexible working request and um I'll sort of say that I want more than I actually want so I think I said oh I want to work two days but actually I think I wanted to work three but I thought then at least I've got some negotiating and I can meet in the middle so I said that and um, I was basically told, no, no, that's this is in a really female industry as well. And if, like at the time, it was of like full, a company full of full of women. No, no, sorry, no, you can't do that. Okay, so then I went back and I revised it, and and I think I said I wanted to do four days or something and I wanted to leave at 4.30 but I would get in at 8.30 so it's really not that flexible (laughs) not that flexible and again I was completely refused and I I was told that's it no you have to work full-time and obviously I I didn't want to do that so then I had to hand my notice in so I handed my notice in and when I handed my notice in I was then offered another job which was a demotion and but I could do that one four days a week and start at eight thirty and finish at four thirty. And at the time, I don't know why. I, I sort of I, I, I fought it as much as I, I could this. because yeah. there was you know there was other girls in my team who were getting married, and you know we talk about having families and stuff. And I thought, God, I can't just be the one that just leaves. Like I can't just be seen to oh she came back from work and now she's gone. So I thought, no, okay, I'll take this and and I'll and I'll do it. But actually, I took a demotion, and I, and I didn't. And I shouldn't have done. Like, no I really way. shouldn't. And then the second time after I had Gigi, the company was taken over um, by a much more male-dominated sort of company. And um, I was about to return from maternity leave. And then I was told I was being made redundant. But there was a lot of other people being made redundant at the time. And I thought, all oh, right, I, you know, okay. Like, that's it's kind of natural that does happen when a company buys another company. Redundancies are made. But I wonder why I've been made redundant because they don't even know me. Like, they, they, don't, they don't know anything about me. And um, so we all sort of got together, all of us who were being made redundant, and we were having a chat. And then I realized that I was still on maternity leave and there were other people in the same roles as me, but across different categories. So I used to look after beauty, but there was someone else who was in fashion and they weren't being made redundant. And the reason for my redundancy was that my role was being moved to a different location, which was like 100 miles away or something. And I thought, well, I wonder why their roles are being made staying in London but mine's not then I saw an advert for um the person that would be my assistant so an advert they were recruiting for someone who would be my assistant based in London so I I flagged it and um and in my consultation I I pointed it all out and I said I don't think this is this is right because this doesn't stand why is my role being moved you know 100 miles away but everyone else in my team is still in London seems really odd like that that doesn't make any sense oh my god and so then about a week later I had a phone call from someone in HR and they said oh sorry we made an admin error it's just an admin error um you're not being made redundant (gasps) 
right? Oh my god, yes, I remember all Do of you this. Remember then this? they backtracked and said it was yeah. an admin. Yes, it was just. Oh, sorry, it was an admin error. So I thought. No, 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 no. This was not an admin error. No way. And I actually did contact Pregnant Then Screwed and I spoke to um, one of the legal advisors and she obviously agreed with me and said, definitely not. So I decided I'd raise a grievance for discrimination, wrote like wrote wrote it up, and I actually had a union representative as well and I copied him in on the, on the email um, and... I had no response, none, mm. none at all. And I was furloughed and I had no response for eight months, mm, yeah. I want to say, eight months. And then the the person who was supposed to be my boss phoned me and he said, what's going on? Like, I've just looked on payroll and you're still on my payroll. I thought you'd left, <laughs> right? And um, I was like... No, I was furloughed. But apparently, I was furloughed by who? I said, "Well, by HR." And then I forwarded on like the the, the big trail that yeah. had happened, and me saying, "You know, I've raised a grievance. No one's responded to it." And um, and then it went on and on, and no one really knew what to do. And in the end, they said, "Oh no, your role is actually being made redundant because I wasn't on maternity leave anymore." Yeah, so you don't have the extra protection. Yeah. yeah. And and by then I just I just I couldn't be I couldn't be bothered anymore. But I feel really stupid that I couldn't be bothered anymore. But I just thought I just I just want nothing to do with these people. Like I literally just want nothing to do with them. Yeah. Um, and it was just awful. I mean, God, like I had so. And then they didn't yeah, pay me my redundancy yeah. properly. And then I was having to chase. I just like hitting brick walls, like all of the time, all of the time. Um, and it's just, yeah, you hear about this kind of thing happening all the time. Yeah, yeah and it happened to you directly, Georgia, and you couldn't yeah. talk to anyone about it. and I couldn't it. talk about it. But she wasn't yeah. talking about it openly, not allowed to, not allowed to, not allowed to, fear of whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And it's only, what, how many, what, 18 months We're like, later? Months yeah, later? not even that. I think it, it sort of all settled in June. Um, but it, it was, I'm, I'm, my daughter was two by then. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh and I'm sure it was really... No, 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 no. I, I could laugh about it now. Apart from the fact that how unorganised you have to be to not know who is employed at your company or not. I, I mean, that is absolutely preposterous. But and everything you've said is is so common. It's They, they retract things they've said when they mm-hmm. realise that you're, you know your legal rights because the majority of women don't. And so the majority of people who are going to push you out think oh well we could just do that she's not going to cause a fuss she's just had a baby she'd be too tired she yeah. can't to push it with this so yeah in fact there was a woman who we work with now who worked for a very big very well-known organization I obviously can't know them and uh, name them and when she was on maternity leave they sent her an email by accident wasn't meant for her that said oh let's make Oh, I'll give her a fake name. Let's make Sarah redundant. She's on maternity leave. She'll be too tired. She won't cause a fuss. And they sent it to her. Yeah. I love I love that they Absolute sent it to her. Idiots. She got the email and, and emailed them back and said, I don't think this was meant for me. And she ended up having to, she signed a non-disclosure agreement and got a payment. So she can't talk about it publicly, even though she had this unbelievable proof. Wow. That really annoys me that you can't talk about it publicly because how can we protect ourselves if no one's allowed to talk? Because surely this is going to keep happening over and over again. Oh, okay, they might have had to pay somebody off. But... 
they just do that again, won't they? Because if their name, if their reputation isn't, I guess, being through the mill, then they're not going. They don't care. They're not going to care. To them, it's just a payoff. And unless people are allowed to sort of call these companies out. How, how, how do we they make a change? Actually, yeah, how yeah, they can actually really suffer? They're not going mm. to. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly the problem, and it's something we've been trying to deal with for a long time. What you do about gagging clauses, as we call them, the the name in the UK for them is confidentiality clauses. So when you go through a legal process with an employer before you get to tribunal, the majority of employers will try and settle because yep. they don't want the reputation. Yeah damage of going to a tribunal and losing and if they go through that then it all gets published on a website so you can see what the company has done to somebody so they'll offer a lump sum of money and say we'll give you a great reference but in return you have to sign this agreement and it means you cannot speak to anybody except your lawyer your spouse or your therapist and that's it so of course the majority of women will sign it because firstly they're probably going to get more money from a settlement agreement would if they go to tribunal who wants the stress and hell of going through a tribunal they're horrendous horrific things and they take it takes about can take up to three years now Mm. to get to the tribunal from the point that discrimination occurs so you obviously you're just going to go okay I just want this over just give me the money and I can get on with my life Mm. but it means that then we have this complete cloak over what is really happening behind the closed doors of organizations. And I cannot name them here, but I know of organizations who behind closed doors, as soon as a woman gets pregnant, they kick her out. And when she's on the way out of the door, feeling vulnerable and confused and terrified about her future, they say, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you five grand just and a good reference, just sign here. And she does it. And so it's happening time and time and time again. And these are companies that win awards mm. for gender equality in the workplace. Companies, you'd be so shocked if I told you who they were. And there's n- just nothing we can do about it because they're just gagging us. And they're using these weapons to silence women. And at mm. the moment, we're, we're hamstrung. It's terrifying. There's a lot that I want to say but can't say and I know that you work um, very closely alongside Anna Whitehouse mother pucker and there was a there was a big sigh of relief when she walked into the door at global because we felt like you know I feel very lucky because I've had a really great experience there and I think actually you know when they found out when I told them I was pregnant there was a lot of support and that was really great and people come in and do your role and then there's always a job for you at the end of it but you know Anna is I know you've seen publicly now because Anna is doing somebody's um maternity cover and she's now on drive time with Ed but every time she writes a post about it she writes at the end of it I'm just keeping Gemma's seat warm I can't wait for Gemma to get back and and that is something that I'm so proud to see and so so it makes me so happy like it really makes me happy because we've all been in that situation when we've gone off and had a baby and we thought, Jesus Christ, is our role even going to be there for us when we come back? Um, you know, especially in an industry like mine where it's so front facing, if you're not there, who are you? Like they, they, they forget about you. So it's, it's really, really amazing, but the fear doesn't go away. And I think you're right. I think it's really important for us to have those people like you and like Mother Pucker, who's obviously all about the flex appeal. And it's kind of, kind of hammering, hammering that door down and saying, well, listen, don't forget about us because when we are, when we have our babies, we only come back with more skills. You know, we know. Yeah. 
having a pregnant woman in or sorry a, a, a woman who, a mother in your in your team is only a good thing i mean georgia and i we've spoken about this the last couple of weeks it seems to keep coming up we've just employed somebody katie kirkpatrick shout out to katie uh, we employed her when she was 36 weeks pregnant with her third because and she's now gone off and had a baby and she starts back again tomorrow because she wants to <laughs> not because we've said come back come yeah back. you go come back yeah the ultimate juggler like the ultimate timekeeper she's just she was the best candidate yeah and that's it. Why would you not choose the best candidate? Yeah. And I think that's what employers forget. You know, they, yes, you women perhaps are going to go on maternity leave. And I, I will add that the reason why women go on maternity leave and men don't go on paternity leave is because the system doesn't work to yeah. allow that. It's not that men don't want to spend time with their yeah. children. They do, but shared parental leave is a nonsense. It doesn't work. And uh, so the, the the thing that works is women taking time out to care for their children. And if the government changed the legislation so paternity leave worked, then we'd see more men take time out in their droves to care for their children. Yes. But yes, they're going to go off and they're going to ha- have a baby and they'll spend, you know, six months to a year. But there's skills that you learn when you're on maternity leave. I know. Yeah. And it's well documented that you you learn so much from that process. And it's like an elite training course for management. You know, you can multitask like a ninja. You learn about patience. You learn about investing in others. Yeah. And I mean it, it's like being at war at points, isn't it? Being yeah. Leave. You've yes. got like, you know, you're exhausted. You're not sleeping all the time. You've got a baby screaming in your ear all day and, and you yeah. survive all of that and come back to work. And work is a blooming breeze once you get back. From I, know. Oh, God. Was, I know that's what I was going to say. I felt so much happier to be at work after I had kids than before. I was so much more grateful to be there yeah. <laughs> and loving every small thing. But in your opinion, why do you think um, sort of the shared parental leave doesn't work? What what needs to be improved? It doesn't work because it's not shared parental leave, it's shared maternity leave. So it relies on a woman giving up a portion of her maternity leave. But it also doesn't work financially for the majority of families. So we know that in most couples, because of the gender pay gap, the if you're in a, a heterosexual relationship, the man tends to earn more than the woman. And so why would you, when you're going to go through a financially difficult patch, why would you sacrifice his wage and not your wage? Mm. We know from other countries that the only thing that works with paternity leave is if you ring fence it. So you say, this is a portion of leave that is for you. And if you don't use it, the whole family lose it and you've got to pay it properly. So about 80% of salary is about what, about right. And they've been doing this in Sweden since the 1970s. Wow. And each they've increased it and increased it and increased it because they've seen how effective it is and you've got about 80 percent of dads take long periods of time out of work to care for their children there's a little story i wrote about in the book where um there's an american comes over to sweden they're they're thinking of moving there they're they're going for an interview and they're wandering around sweden and they say uh to their potential employer hey, like, what's with all the dad nannies around here? And the Swedish guy says, the dad nannies, and looks around and he's like, oh, oh no, these are dads. This is what dads do in Sweden. They spend time with their children. They're not nannies. They're like actual dads spending time with their kids. And it's so alien to us is that we don't see fathers as carers of their children the same way we see mothers as carers of their children because the whole system 
just doesn't work for dads. Yeah, and you know what? It's the same. So I was going to say it's the same. Um, you know, if there is a a breakdown of a relationship or breakdown of marriage in Sweden, you start from fifty fifty. That's the point. It starts with access to the children. It's like that's just where it starts from. You know, there is an equal fifty fifty here, fifty fifty there. The mother and the father split it if they want to. In the UK, if a breakdown for whatever, if there's no kind of misconduct there, it's like oh well, you you know, you can have every other weekend and you can have a Wednesday tea time. It's it's like no no four days a month to see my child is not enough. And I know I've seen it firsthand what it does to a father. It destroys them when they are not allowed access to their children. A whole system is fundamentally flawed here for me yeah it's no good for anybody I mean we know from research that if dads take time out in those early days to care for their children the children are happier they do better in the education system and mothers do better in their careers for every month that dads take a paternity leave mothers see a seven percent pay rise seven percent for every month and couples are more likely to stay together there was a yeah. study done at a university which found that couples are 40 percent more likely to stay together if dads take out at least a week in those early days of and just a week yeah 40 percent a week like- and spending time on their own with their children yes yes wow. yes yes on their own so that they learn because it's not just about spending time with your children it's also about domestic labor isn't it yeah 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 yeah, yeah, of course it is having a fully equal relationship and there are I mean there are very few couples that have a fully equal relationship where you're truly sharing the care you're truly sharing the cooking the cleaning the domestic labor the mental load and then bringing money into the house you know what as well I've just sort of thought about this when you said just a week like if you know fathers just took a week off by themselves themselves it it does set the precedent doesn't it because if a mum has been on maternity leave for nine months and she has learned she's done you know she's learned everything how you know how to look after the kids and then naturally she then takes on organizing the childcare, and then it goes on for infinity right <laughs> because never ending because it's then then that started it set the precedent hasn't it because she yeah. was there at the time she was the one who was going back to work her life was the one that was changing again so she's decided to organize the childcare, and then that then goes on because then it means that she ends up organizing the clubs and doing the school admin and you know just forever and ever and ever but actually if the start was like a bit you know better distributed a bit more balanced, yeah, 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 balance, it would set the precedent for the rest of that child's life. That's exactly, exactly. Mm. And which this is why we fight so hard for ring friends properly pay paternity leave. It would change the game completely if dads learnt how to look after their kids. Because none of us know what we're doing. A baby no. arrives and we're like, what? the fuck is this like how do I look after it and you learn on the job you literally learn on the job and dads don't get the chance to do that yeah it's not their fault that's the thing it's not like you say it's the system yeah and so if they had that chance they would then be doing more of it and the child will come to them as much as it comes to the mum but also then you get to the point of childcare and childcare we have the second most expensive childcare oh system oh my god it's ridiculous we are going through it big time with this 33 hours malarkey we've applied for it we've obviously applied for it you know one week out of the jurisdiction because we moved areas and because we didn't know kit was going to be going to a preschool they've given us a code the code doesn't start till january and they've just 
slapped a bill for 1500 quid on us and it's like this is a computer says no situation this is a code that you know and they make it so 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 difficult and then now we're having to fight it again now and I'm just like it's exhausting to have to keep coming and what do you do do you take time off work look after kit myself but then we don't earn money through the podcast we don't get to do what we love it makes it so hard what yeah it it's like it's virtually impossible to get it right. And that's why generally women think, well, do you know what? I'll let my partner go to work yeah. and I'll stay at home and do the childcare because it's cheaper. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then women like, well, women and, and, you know, dads, whoever it is who takes that on of a more stress so then when they're at work they find the whole thing probably a bit more stressful so it's just kind of just setting everyone up to fail isn't it what can we do yes that's what i was gonna ask what can we do (laughs) okay so how do we fix the system is a really big and interesting question and it's not for me this isn't about little tweaks which is what the government are talking about now they're talking about little tweaks to flexible working that won't make a difference in the reality they're talking about little tweaks to the law will make no difference you need to flip the table you need to completely change the system to fix this it's systemic all about the fact that the system does not work for mothers um so it's got to be about affordable good quality childcare. it's got to be about ring fence properly paid paternity leave it's got to be about getting rid of presenteeism in the workplace because presenteeism is a killer of women's careers and ensuring that all jobs are flexible um and it's got to be about dealing with non-disclosure agreements so we can uncover the situation and show what is happening behind the closed doors of companies. And so we don't expect this to be solved overnight. You know, it's not yeah. going to happen quickly. It's going to take a long, long time. And so the way that we do that is raise, we've got to raise awareness of mm-hmm. the issue and mm-hmm. show that this is good for the economy. This isn't just about mums going, do something that's good for me. This makes sense for everybody. And all of the research shows that it would benefit the economy dramatically if we made the system work for mothers. And uh, so we are campaigning on those issues and we want everybody to support those campaigns as much as possible. So there's actions that we ask people to do regularly, which include emailing MPs or filling in petitions or tweeting things just to keep that constant pressure up. We ask people to fill in surveys as well because data is really useful to raise awareness of an issue and get MPs to talk about it in public. But what people can do day to day is firstly talk about this issue with as many people as possible because you'd be really surprised by how many people think pregnancy and maternity discrimination doesn't happen or people that think, well, why should my taxes pay for your pay for your lifestyle as they like to call it, you know, when you're talking about childcare or flexible working just doesn't work in reality in companies. There are all these ridiculous things that people believe. And so we have to be having these conversations with the people that we love and the people that we know so that we get everybody on side. And if you work for a company, you, I would suggest setting up a women's group, get women together because you you can lobby your employer, but you are much stronger as a yeah, group. as a group, yeah. So bring set up these groups and and flush out what the problems are for women and then 
go and have these conversations with your employer and start to change your company. And also, I think it's really important for companies that are doing a good job and are looking after their mothers um, and, you know, for them to speak out as well, to to, to kind of almost educate the ones that are getting it fundamentally wrong, because Mm. there are certain certain companies out there that I know are doing a brilliant job and really supporting it. So it's like they need to be the leaders in this. They need to be like, right, this is how you do it. This is how we're doing it. Let's 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 get behind them because yeah you and know, celebrating this and success celebra- story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it, think it, it just shows yeah. the way, doesn't it? And also companies need I mean, we've got a massive skill shortage in the UK. It's yeah. enormous. Yeah. Desperate to recruit people. And so, you know, you need to have good flexible working policies yes. in place. Think about childcare. You know, you've got 870,000 stay-at-home mums who want to work but can't because of the cost of childcare. That is a massive untapped group of skilled women yes. that if you thought about their problems and found a solution to them, you would attract all of these brilliant women into your organization. It really isn't rocket science. Like it really actually is really bloody simple listen to women and you will find the solutions to your problems yes love it listen to women (laughs) yes i feel so empowered um thank you so so much for coming on if anybody listening if this is resonating with any of you please please get in touch um pregnant then screwed on instagram and we put it in the show notes um so if you do want to check it out then they'll all be listed. please do you've been amazing thank Thank you you so so much much for coming on (laughs) thank you when you work for a big corporation you almost feel protected because there's so many like rules and procedures that are supposed to be followed um but i hope that our you know our kids don't face these problems well if they do they could just revert back to this amazing podcast and get in touch with pregnant then screwed they can just go. don't listen to any of the others where we slag them off please exactly um well listen we are so excited to come back to you on friday with another amazing q a um, and as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and give the podcast a little follow that would be incredible and then you will never miss a podcast again yeah and as we said our dms are always open you can drop us a message on at made by mummers and we'll be back on friday made by mummers is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful charlotte mason insanity group Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.